Hello, and welcome to the Everything Publishing Podcast. You are here this evening with myself, Melanie Callahan, and with my publishing partners. Hi, I'm Danica Winters, the Business Director for uh, Self-Publishing Services. And I'm Claire Wood, the Editorial Director. It's kind of fun that all three of us are here together. This is like a first. It is. It's been a while. Um, Everybody's been a little bit separated, and uh, we are glad to at least hear each other's voices and be together in spirit. Yeah. One of these days, I will actually see your faces again, and I'm very excited about that. But (laughs) I think we are feeling very much like the rest of the planet and feeling um, very disconnected from, from the world right now. And I know you guys are, you listeners are probably feeling the same way. And if you um, would like to talk to us after the podcast, please feel free to reach out. We are just as happy to talk to you and hear from you as you would be to hear from us, hopefully. So, Right. Can't promise I'm going to remember all of the rules of social engagement, but, you know, I'll do my best. <laughs> it's okay. I left my purse in my grocery cart today and ran away like literally ran to get a turkey about Thanksgiving and I left my purse sitting there with strangers and I have to tell you no one touched it and I was so thankful when I realized what I did that I actually bought the guy's groceries behind me because he had watched it the whole time a stranger absolute stranger and you have to love Montana and clearly I haven't left my house much (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then he started apologizing for buying macaroni and cheese. And I'm like, buddy, you can have the macaroni and cheese. It's okay. Like, <laughs> you know what? You do you, man. I am craving some macaroni and cheese. It's real solid comfort food right now. So, yeah. <laughs> kidding. Whatever makes you happy at this point. And I have been eating more ramen than I need to. But I just love it so. Oh, it is so good. noodles and the carbs oh yes oh yeah (laughs) oh I love it so and and it doesn't require any effort all you do is put some water in and you can eat it dry like in a salad with oranges like it's like the most versatile college food ever yes or writer's food apparently (laughs) 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 so anyhow needless to say we are in this weird place in history where everything has changed. Um, And with that comes the state of the publishing industry and how it works. And it's a major crazy fest right now in in every facet of of America and the world. But um, publishing luckily is kind of an introvert career anyhow. Um, But in the last 10 years, you know, more and more and more has been expected of authors. And, and for me, I published with HarperCollins with Harlequin Intrigue from that line. And I'm expected to travel quite a bit, um, doing book signings, doing book readings, doing um, meet and greets with publishing houses and um, distributors. And I mean, there's a lot of things that you don't think about that you have to be involved in. And, and that's all come to a screeching halt. And part of that um, traditional publishing route is that you are also expected to pitch your books in person for the best result. And that has always been the truth. Um, When an editor or an agent gets to see you face-to-face and see your body language, they're gonna know everything they need to know about you. And then they're just gonna use your writing to back that up because you are not simply a book. 
you are a career to many of these um, publishing houses. So that facet and arm of publishing has now been kind of stripped away. And so we wanted to be able to talk to you guys tonight about how to use this new climate and this new reality that we're living in to your advantage. Um, one of the things I'm sure you're hearing about and hearing about and hearing about is social media. Um, Mel, what's your favorite social media platform? I am an old lady at heart. And so Facebook is my social media platform of choice. However, Instagram is the place I wish I wish I was cool enough to be. So yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> what's your handle on on Facebook and Instagram though? I have my, it's just at Melanie Callahan is my Facebook and same with my Instagram because also I think simplicity is the best. And so if possible to choose those names, especially if you're looking for an author platform, mm -hmm. go with just your author name, keep it simple. So at Melanie Callahan or at Melanie Great. Callahan on, on either of those. Um, same with my Twitter as well. I was lucky enough to squeak right in on that one. There is another one of me out there, but I beat her to the punch. So. Oh, there's going to be a brawl in the parking lot later. <laughs> <laughs> Claire, what about you? What is your um, social media platform of choice? Instagram. I just love making pictures yes. and writing about them. And it's the variety of things you can do on it is just amazing. So you can write about history, you can write about anything that occurs to you, and you can show pictures with it too. So it's sort of more visual than Facebook or anything else. Yes. So for me, my favorite for many, many years was Twitter. Um, I have a huge Twitter following. I think it's somewhere like 24, 25,000 people. But since then, I have moved to Instagram. I like it. I like the um, usability or user. Um, wow, well, you know what I'm trying to say. Interface. <laughs> the interface. Yeah, and it's very intuitive. Um, and also, like with Instagram, with you guys, I think you'll agree with me here. You get to have a more personal relationship with people. Um, I think that Twitter, by and large, is just a huge, overwhelming gulf of information. And it can be intimidating and it's mostly written language and it's mostly people venting. And I don't know about you guys, but I've kind of had enough of it this year. So I'm, I'm kind of gone <laughs> quiet on Twitter for the last year. Um, and I don't miss it. That's the craziest thing. Like I thought, Oh, I have all these people that I talk to and, and I miss like my regular people that I talk to on there, but um, I know that I could go back and, and just pick up a conversation with them too. So um, as far as why all of this information is important, you what I always tell people when they're starting out and they're trying to figure out their author platforms is that you need to figure out which social media platform is the best for you. If you like to take pictures, Instagram, if you like to um, really connect with people and especially women, Facebook is your place. Um, and if you're more of like a social commentary, Twitter is your jam. Um, and just knowing that, that, that can alleviate a lot of stress in the, in the, poor authors lives. I know that when I started, and that was about 10 years ago, they expected us to be everywhere. And that was a lot. It was way too much. You couldn't create um, interpersonal relationships with people. And right now that is critical. Um, and so that takes me to the next point, which is creating interpersonal relationships with publishing executives, um, your acquisition editors, 
and your editorial staff and agents. But I do have something to interject before you go there. Yeah. Um, no, people no longer have to do everything. And that is true. That was what I was trying to say, I guess. I didn't get there. Thank you, Claire. Um, yeah, you um, should just really stick to one. What, whatever makes yeah. you the most comfortable. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and from a marketing standpoint, you know, depending on what genre you're writing in, you're going to have a natural fit with certain platforms where your audience will more naturally kind of um, collect, I guess. And so sometimes that doesn't always intersect with where you're most comfortable engaging with people. But that doesn't mean that there's not some audience for you on one platform that you can transition into another platform. So it's a it's a matter too of like playing around with it, getting comfortable with it. I really, I've started getting more onto Instagram and playing more with that um, just to see what's out there and, and who's out there. And so don't be afraid either. Yeah. Like go Feel free to go outside your comfort zone. And I feel like I've connected better with people on Instagram than any other platform. Like I feel like Facebook is for like my really close friends and family um, and Twitter's for strangers and Instagrams are, are other Instagrammers are just friends I haven't met yet, which is really strange. But I think that I think other people feel that way. Do you guys? Yeah, I do. I think that what I like about Instagram is how um, you can really get into the heart of a conversation really quickly Mm -hmm. on Instagram. So, And how do you do that, Mel? What do you think works the the best? I mean, hashtags are huge. Um, I personally, I mean, I love those hashtags that kind of direct a conversation where there's lots of people on board. I also am a huge fan of the really funny kind of nobody else is using this hashtag, almost like a, you know, sarcastic remark sort of thing. Um, and just the images themselves, you know, however you mm-hmm. choose to shape your, your visual story on there, I think tells a lot about who you are and what kind of conversation you can have with people. Yes. And how do you think that that lends itself to mere personal relationships with the people you really, really are like yearning to meet, the people that can make a huge difference in your career? You know, I think that you can make statements about, um, first of all, your brand, your brand itself. Like the thing that's really amazing about Instagram is that whatever visual you put up there can really tell a lot of people about your um I guess, overall, your whole package, you know, you can very carefully curate those, or you can be a little bit carefree in that. And then, like, for me, for example, if I were putting myself out there as a, as an author of sweet contemporary romance, I have a ton of amazing pictures of eastern Montana sunsets, you know, and that just is going to speak to people on a certain level. And that combined with the hashtags themselves and with the content of the words that you put out there, I think it just, it gives that one-two punch of this is who I am. Mm -hmm. This is what I represent. This is the kind of message that I am putting out there. And you either resonate with it or you don't. If you don't, that's fine. But you can really grasp onto that and stay for the story. Um, And I think that that's going to be something that makes a difference for your acquisition editors and for your you know agents and and people who are looking to find a voice that speaks to a niche that they're trying to fill and I like the, that concept and I'm going to twist it one one little tight or screw tight and bleh, 
one little tight nip. I, you know what I'm trying to say. God, I can't use my mouth today. Okay. But I'm going to try to drive that nail a little bit harder. And that is in the fact that you can be unapologetically yourself. And you should be unapologetically yourself. Now, that does not mean that you go out there and go on rants about political things. Okay. And it does not mean you go and use controversial subjects as your primary communication focus. Okay. You're allowed to have an opinion. You can put it in there, but don't incite riots. Makes sense. Um, mm -hmm. but what you can do is you, you can show your voice, like you said, through what you're posting. So for me, if you, if you want to take a peek, sorry, I have a dog, of course it's 2020. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then he just keeps going. Um, so <laughs> for me on Instagram, my handle's at Danica Winters, you can see my real personality on there. And I've never been more comfortable in any other facet or any other um, social media platform to actually be really myself. I always thought I had to have this polished image and I did for years, like where I did nothing that was slightly controversial. I did nothing that was too risque and, and fear that I would draw the wrong kind of attention. I didn't do anything that was pushing the boundaries as far as um, sexism or, and so what it kind of became was like a muted version of who I am. And that wasn't doing me any justice on social media. Um, and what I found is that now I have not as many followers, but I have these people that are hardcore followers like they love what I do they'll message me pretty frequently be like hey this one was really funny or this is like oh my god it resonates with me so I, I guess my point here is just to be yourself um, and like you said um, editors are going to see that and that is so incredibly important so one of the things when in regardless of how, regardless of how you um query an agent, whether it's in person, if you're pitching in person or you're, if you're cold querying, what an agent and editor are always looking for is voice. They want to know somebody that can stand out, that can go and speak in public, that can write a really, really good and compelling story um, and do it really well and then be able to sell it. So that's what you kind of want to keep in mind as you are, are creating these social media personalities or getting yourself into the public eye. Uh, Claire, do you have anything to add? Um, it's just that it's very hard at first mm -hmm. to let yourself go. Mm -hmm. um, and so be comfortable just working up to it. Yeah. Until you find out who you are and who you want to be on any platform, whichever platform you choose to make your main focus. It's a little unnerving at first to be putting yourself out there and it's a little unnerving to sometimes get the reactions you get mm -hmm. but authenticity is important and I there's some horror stories out there and I, I've had more than my fair share it feels like from social media um, I've had stalkers um, had to go to court for it that was cool a lot of that happened on social media um, then I had and so you guys know the legal system does not understand social media and it's really hard to um, use that in court. So, so be careful that way. Um, and then social media also brings, um, like I had someone steal my pictures on social media and then claim to be me. I've had them steal my pictures and then claim to be other people. Um, I've had 
when the Boston bombing happened, I had some of the jihadists come after me because I had a similar hashtag. A lot of like my social media stuff, I write a lot of crime fiction and murder and mayhem and bombings and like that kind of thing. And when you're talking about those kinds of things on social media, well, you have to be very, 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 very careful. Um, and then you throw pictures, like even if you're making jokes about it or talking about where you just have hashtags like murder mystery, well, all of a sudden you have a whole bunch of weirdness that's gonna come into your life. And if you have that sitting next to pictures of your five-year-old toddler, that's not going to do your five-year-old toddler any justice. And so just be really, really careful. Even if it's like your grandchild or your nephew or your niece, they don't have to be directly like your, even your child. Um, but make sure you're, you're cognizant of what you're publishing on social media because once you put it out there, it's out there forever. Um, so I think that that is kind of like one argument for why it's really important to have a pen name and to have a separate set of social media accounts for your author name from your personal name, mm -hmm. um, just so that you can make sure you're really segregating that, which goes back to, as always, you know, have you really thought about how you're going to set yourself up as a business and, and separate your your work life from your home life, essentially. Yeah. And knowing all of that can be immensely helpful when you are talking to your agent, potential agent or potential editor too, because you can say, Hey, I have my business plan. Here's this. Uh, an agent is the one who really loves that stuff. Here's my business plan. Here's what I'd like to do going forward. This is where I see my brand lying. This is where I see my readership lying. This is how I plan on marketing myself. All of those things are critical to starting a company, starting a business. And that is what writing is at the very, the very base level. Um, you have to be able to tell a story, but you need to also be able to run a business. So in a, okay, so back to the interpersonal relationships with, with agents and editors um, and pitching. That's kind of what we were here to talk about. And, and I think um, what, what brought this about was I have a lot of clients right now that I help with writing coaching and they're like, hey, I'm ready for this next step, but I don't know who to go to. So my first instinct is A, know your brand, um, know what you're writing and be very, very comfortable with it. And again, that goes back to, does it match your social media presence? It should. Um, one, a girl that really does that is uh, Carolyn Moore. She writes these kind of um, new adult, young adult um, romance novels with, it's, it's a little bit softer. So when you look at her social media um, on Instagram, all of her colors are pinks and purples and blues and it, and it matches her voice. And it's kind of neat that you can think of like a color matching person. Um, I don't follow that myself, but I think that that works really, really well for her. And I think if everybody did that, it wouldn't work really well. But if you can find something like that, that can, the branding can match your voice, do it. Um, so with agents and editors, if you know your brand, if you know your, your voice, that's the first critical thing. The second is knowing who is buying books that are matching your brand and your voice and your genre. Um, your genre is obviously what, what facet you write or what, uh, I don't need to explain that, I would hope, but what area you're, you're creating work. So if you're going um, literary fiction or poetry or chapbooks or um, self-help, romance, science fiction, fantasy, all of these different um, genres, know, really, really know which one you're focusing on. Um, you can have some overlap, like sometimes I'll write romances that have, are definitely thrillers, but they're at the base level, they're still romances. And so I will always sell them as romance with like a thriller element. 
And that's kind of the way to play around with those really tight boxes. Um, but they're harder to sell when they when they overlap like that. And knowing that is, is key because then you can work with the right people too. So when you know your genre, the next step I would say is to go to Publishers Marketplace. It is a website. Um, that's kind of where all the industry professionals go to look at what's selling, what's selling to Hollywood, what agents are, um, are making the best deals, who's making the most money. It's really cool. Have you guys been on Publishers Marketplace recently, Mel, Claire? Yes, I have. I keep up with it daily because I just want to see what's going on. Do you know how to decipher the sales language? I actually just get Publishers Lunch, which is the free Okay. One. So, um, so Publishers Lunch is a little bit, it's an offshoot of Publishers Marketplace. And I go on there too, Claire. I like that one because that's the headlines. Um, Publishers Marketplace is like almost like Twitter where it's, it's showing sales deals um, and there's a language to it. So there's nice deal, there's good deal, there's great deal and all of that. There's that, those keywords are how much people are, how much advance the author is making. So nice is typically less than five figures. Good is 50 to 10,000 and greats more than that. And I mean, it, there's different numbers to that, but that gives you an idea of, of what's happening there. Um, so along with that, you can see who are the top agents in your genre, and that can give you a nice jumping off point with who you need to pitch to. Okay, so let's say you want to pitch to, and I'm just going to make this name up because I don't want you guys going to just one agent. Oh, you know what? I'm going to tell you one because I know some really great agents, but Leslie Ann Tuttle. Okay, Leslie Ann Tuttle is an amazing agent. She used to be the um, editorial director for Harlequin Nocturne line and then they got closed and then she became a literary agent. And she also, I think ran like a publishing arm within Harlequin. And she's, she's really amazing. She still is amazing, um, but she's a great agent. So let's, let's talk about Leslie or Anne Leslie Tuttle. I can't remember which, how to say it. Okay. Anyhow, <laughs> I sound great tonight. Um, yes. This is the pandemic. We do not expect ourselves to sound like well, I always think of it we expect ourselves to show up and do our best. So anyhow, Mrs. Tuttle, we'll call her Mrs. Tuttle. Mrs. Tuttle is a great, great lady. She's super kind and sweet and really funny. Um, and uh, when, let's say she is, she is acquiring romances, but you write sci-fi. Well, obviously you're not going to, you're not going to query to her. But let's see you write romances and you're like, I don't really know her, but okay, it's 2020, like everybody's lonesome. So you can go on Twitter, which I know is where most of these agents actually reside um, and go on Twitter and start talking to her and just be like, oh my gosh, I saw you did this deal here and creating real conversations with these people they want to talk to. I mean, some of them, especially the ones that make tons and tons and tons of money are not as social on social media. Um, but we're talking about getting your foot in the door too. So you can still try. But also you want to be very, but also you want to be very, very careful because agents and editors don't like to be stopped. And they don't like to be pandered to. They really don't. I yeah. don't. So, but I, I just have followed a few agents and editors and they are saying, don't get in my face mm -hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm start a real conversation yeah. but not 
me, 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 me. And that's all, that's, that's something they're on guard against. Absolutely. Like I don't even talk to my agent every day. I, I probably talk to her once every couple months at the most until I, I need her, you know, if we're talking about deals or we're doing deals, then it's something different. So, I mean, respect their time and editors are definitely the same way. They're a little bit more um, quiet. I guess they're quieter on social media than agents are because agents do primary their primary business on social media right now. Uh, but it's also a great place to track what's happening. And right now I, I live in a very romance centered world in my, in my writing life, not in my edit, editing life, but in my writing life. Um, I know that like Harlequin just opened a line or a website called writeforharlequin.com. And if you follow the publishing houses like that, all of a sudden you can see that they're doing new things and you can see opportunities that nobody else knows about. So you're taking these huge doors, HarperCollins, you're whittling it down to Harlequin. And then Harlequin goes, okay, we're doing this specialty program. Well, if you're following them on social media and watching what they're saying, you can see that they have a specialty program. So now all of a sudden you have 10 million writers. We have of that 10 million that want to work for HarperCollins, 1 million want to work for Harlequin. And of that Harlequin group that wants to write for that of 1 million people, well, how many are following on social media? Probably about 100,000. And of that 100,000, how many people are going to act? Well, maybe about five. 5,000. And that's probably about, sadly, about the ratio. So you took your margins of success from 1 million writers who want to write for HarperCollins to 5,000 writers who want to write for Harlequin and have followed them on social media and done the legwork. Well, I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. What are the, where are the odds sitting better in your favor? Do the legwork. Um, Don't be afraid to put yourself out there and and be visible in, in certain ways and no, like, and this goes back again to knowing where you want to sell, knowing who you want to sell it to, knowing the agent you want to have represent you. Now, these things don't always obviously work out like you want them to, but if you know these things and you have a brand set up in your mind, it's a lot easier to say yes or no to deals um, later on when you know that they do or don't align with your brand. Because that inevitably will happen. You'll, you'll be asked to write in places and um, do things that aren't quite a perfect fit for you. And you can take them or you cannot take them. Like one of my friends, um, his name is Philip Meyer. He wrote The Sun. He was a screenwriter for years in Hollywood. And he's, he ended up going, you know, this is not why I became a writer. This is not what I wanted to do. Then he, he left Hollywood, wrote a book and made crazy amounts of money on this one book. And it was later moved into TV and, and Pierce Brosnan is on that show. And I think that's a really cool tale of knowing your brand, knowing what you really, really want to do with your life. And then that goes back to your business plan and making sure that your business plan aligns with your actual action. Right. I think so much of this and what we end up counseling writers on is getting outside of that mindset that your job is just to write. And it, and it really isn't like, yes, that is obviously the bulk of your work. And that is really critical to your, um, ability to further your career but so much of this is understanding what's going on in the world understanding the publishing industry whether that is traditional publishing or indie Mm -hmm. publishing whether that is you know social media platforms or whatever you unfortunately and I know I mean I am one of those writers who would much rather just sit down and write and not have to worry about what the outside world is doing 
Mm-hmm. But the unfortunate reality is that you are going to have to find some resources out there and you're going to have to really get outside your comfort zone because like your first step is, is writing a great book, having a great story, knowing where you fit. Your second step is understanding the industry, um, seeing who else is in kind of your world in terms of writing. And then the third step is stepping outside that comfort zone and, and making the, doing the legwork, not being afraid. Yeah. Yeah, Doing the legwork and not being afraid to put yourself in front of people and say, Hey, you know, this is what I do. And I think it would be a great fit for your company. And Man, that is a tough thing to make, especially now when you don't have the benefit of sitting down and connecting in what feels like a really personal way with people at a conference or whatever. Um, On the flip side of that, you also don't have, you know, sometimes it's much easier when you can hide behind the screen a little bit and it you can uh like for me personally when I go sit down in front of an agent I tend to become the most socially awkward version of myself (laughs) and so the benefit of you know pitching in times such as these is it's like I am so much cooler behind a keyboard than I am in person No, I'm going to argue with you. I am the most socially awkward. I cannot, I, I flop sweat and I can't speak. <laughs> you know, I could argue that I fell into an editor's lap. I win. <laughs> like I tripped on a table while pitching and landed in an editor's lap. Um, if that gives you, we are the coolest women in the world. Yeah, we should love like have our own Dos Equis commercial. Dos Equis, if you want to sponsor us, we're here. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and we'll even wear our glasses for you. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> if only they had smell oh it, it would be even better. <laughs> yeah, maybe we need to work on like whiskey sponsors. I'm just going to throw that out there. I, I'm a big fan of it. We can throw that out there. Um, anyhow, so back to interpersonal relationships and, and editors and agents. If you guys have any questions, um, if you, so what we're saying again, and I'm gonna give a real quick re- recap, business plan, knowing, knowing what you do is really, really important, knowing what you write, knowing who you are, knowing where you fit, and then doing the, the legwork again with, with Mel and knowing which agents or editors are appropriate for you, okay, then reach out. Don't just wide, wide net it, okay? Because that doesn't work really well. Um, it's a waste of time and resources on your side and it's a waste of time and resources on the agents and editor's side and they never appreciate when they have to waste time when somebody doesn't even fit their submission guidelines, okay? Um, if you have any questions about, about what we've talked about, you can contact us at SP underscore services on Instagram, on, on uh Twitter, on Facebook, we're all over the place, or you can reach us through our website. We do have a one hour free consultation that we are, it, it books up rather quickly now. Um, but if you want to come through our website and schedule a one hour conversation with one of us, feel free. Um, we're very, we try to be available. And you guys want to add anything? I just don't be afraid to put yourself out there. I mean, what, what Danica is saying about you know, if you funnel down the numbers and you start with this really broad audience and you get down to, okay, these are all the people that want to do this thing for this very large publishing house. And then you filter down, filter down. 
I would say even that once you get down to that level of, okay, here's this thing where 5,000 people want to do it, uh, maybe 10 of those people actually follow through. So be yeah. the person that follows through because that's huge. I mean, I don't know how many of these um, agents and editors sit across a table from somebody who's like, okay, I have this thing. And they're like, great, send me the full. And they never get it. So I think that I've heard him speak like five to 10% of that. And that's just to get the Mm -hmm. query. I mean, that's just Mm -hmm. to get the query. I think sitting down and pitching is harder than putting the query or writing the book. So that to me is crazy. I mean, at least now, and I, we, with this new pandemic world that we're in, the, the nice part of, of reaching out through social media is it's not cost prohibitive. So now what we've done is we've, equalize the playing field it does not matter how much money you have it is becoming less of a luxury profession so make sure that you take advantage of this time if you don't have ten thousand dollars or twenty thousand dollars or thirty thousand dollars to pour into an investment in yourself to become a writer take advantage of it and finally i would say i have discovered of late that it is a lot easier to just do something than procrastinate about it. <laughs> oh, I think we're going to have to do a procrastination podcast next, guys. I think I'm feeling that. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you follow us next week and we'll talk about dealing with procrastination. For right now, this is Danica Winters. Thank you so much for listening. We love having you here and we love getting your questions. Claire. All right. Claire Wood, signing off. And Melanie Callahan, and we will catch you guys next time.